I just have so much appreciation for this tournament and what these competitors are going through leading up to it. Uh, you want to talk about like an exciting time. These guys, as they're locking in over this next week, uh, gearing up, getting ready to travel, getting ready to get there, the sights, the smells, pulling into Tulsa or flying into Tulsa, um, the buildup over the next week, I think is going to be incredible. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. It's Wednesday, March 8th. The NCAA brackets got released earlier tonight. And on this episode, Jordan Blanton and I break down and give our reactions to the 2023 NCAA brackets. I hope you enjoy it. This episode is presented by Beat the Street Chicago. They're hosting an NCAA viewing party Saturday, March 18th at Fat Poor Wicker Park in the city, Chicago IL. Tickets are 25 bucks. All proceeds go to support Beat the Street Chicago. Last year, they had over 250 people attend. This year, the goal is 300. So I encourage everyone listening, if they're in the city, go to the Beat the Street Chicago NCAA viewing party. You can purchase tickets via the link in our show notes. If you can't make it and still want to support the cause, you can donate to Beat the Street Chicago, btschicago.org. This episode is also sponsored by Quant Wrestling. Quant takes the Moneyball approach to college wrestling. They track and timestamp hundreds of activities in a college wrestling match, input that data into their cloud analytics platform, and on their app, which you can download in the Apple and Google Play stores, you can see detailed statistics on college wrestlers. You can compare different wrestlers. So go to Quant Wrestling on the Apple and Google Play stores. Quant Wrestling, download the app now. The great Jordan Blanton has joined the podcast again, recurring guest. It's Wednesday, March 8th. Brackets have just came out. Welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, man. Uh, you know, my my head's still spinning uh, looking through these brackets, but uh, this is a special time of year, you know. As, as wrestling fans, this is what we look forward to. Um, this is the biggest event from a fan perspective, I think, that – the sport has to offer and I'm fired up. I can't wait for Tulsa. So what are your initial thoughts when you look at these brackets here? Obviously 184 seems, seems a little amiss just at a gut level. Aaron Brooks is yep. a three seed. That's a little confusing, but I see how they got there. What are some other things you're seeing? Yeah. You know, he's one of the guys that I think pound for pound is, is right there. And and you see him fall to the three seed. It's just kind of a head scratcher, but you know, to, to your point, I see how they got there just with the one loss. You kind of, you try and start um, building your whole strategy or your whole kind of concept of how to rank it after that. And it goes awry. Um, but at the end of the day, he's pretty much been untouched for, you know, going on three years. So, uh, that's a tough one, but you know, the, the big thing that was jumping out to me, uh, tonight, as I'm looking through this is like, how good are these number 20 seeds through 32? 
It's ridiculous. The, the state of wrestling right now is unbelievable. And it's, you know, it's, it's great for the fans. I'm just looking at all these high quality wrestlers. I'm like, that guy's at the 26 or the 28, you know, it's, it's unreal. So uh, the, that really jumped out to me uh, looking at, at these really, really low seated, you know, 25 to 33. Sometimes it's like, it's a crap shoot. It could be this kid. It could be that kid, but there's no chance they're really going to win more than maybe a match. If they fall in the right spot, there's, you know, all American contenders uh, in almost every single weight class in that, in that 20 to 33. And, and, and I think it's great. So, yeah. uh, so, so that really jumped out at me. Uh, I do think this year, the injury defaults and the medically forfeiting out of conference has they turned it up a little bit and they and they they kind of threw the book at those wrestlers i know willie's been on twitter really kind of pushing for that and uh i think he got his wish because you know right out of the gate killian cardinal uh West that's Virginia, who i was thinking yeah coming in at the 28 you know that's that's an all-american contender right there and getting a low seed and, and having a tough tough path but it, it's going to be good Dude, there are just, uh, there are so many, like you said, guys who are in that 20 to 33 spot that are, that are named guys that have, have done things before. And, and yeah, that was, that was good to see that Cardinal, who was the number one seed at Big 12s, didn't wrestle a second there. He was dropped all the way down to where he was at. Yeah, and I say, it, yeah. I say it's good, not because of what's going on with him, but just, you know, I'm one of the biggest. I hate the forfeit situation. I think it's ridiculous. Correct. So anything Correct. we can do to discourage that. It's funny because I was at the Big Tens, and I actually thought on Sunday that there were starting to be quite a few forfeits, but it seems like the consensus is that they were down this year, which I think it was down across the board, especially well, down at the Big Tens. If you remember 2022, I think there was two finals matches of the Big Ten tournament that were – forfeits you know injury default so uh when when and and I'll, I'll take you back a little bit but i remember dustin schlater and probably like <laughs> maybe 07 08 09 stepping on the mat uh for for minnesota and injury defaulting out of the tournament at that point and uh he was obviously banged up but you know in in my mind as i as i try and put all of this stuff into perspective I, I look at that moment and I don't think it affected his seed too much. And I think it led to, you know, little by little more people doing it. it, it it's almost like you look the other way. It's okay. You know, we know you're good. You don't really have to prove it at conference. And I totally see that, uh, you know, that logic, but at the end of the day, March is March and everybody always says you're zero and zero going into the postseason and things like that. Well, I think they, they did a good job of that. I think if you injury default out and you're good enough to get an at-large, you deserve an at-large, but that doesn't mean you deserve a top four or a top eight or a top 10 seed, you know? So I think, I think this was a, at least a good attempt at busting these brackets up and, and for the fans, we're, we're going to enjoy every second of it. Yeah, no, it's going to be awesome. The, um, you know, when you look at the Dustin Slater situation, what's interesting back then is that he was still probably wrestling 30, 40 matches a year. Correct. You have the the double whammy of these guys are wrestling, not all of them. I mean, I'm looking at a couple of guys now, like Matt Ramos from Purdue, 31 and four. But it just seems like the guys that the household names that we see all the time are wrestling a lot less. Not yep. saying it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think just those two together, that's uh that's an interesting um kind of an interesting trend that hopefully we've seen slow down a little bit. Um, all right. So I want to go through some of these weights. These are just some matches that are sticking out to me. Um, and I want to keep an eye on, uh, obviously our Illinois boys, a uh, bird yep. bird got, uh, got the 10 seed, you know, he's in the same quarter as fix. Um, we'll get to 141 though. 125. Obviously, a ton of hammers here. The story is Spencer's going for four. Pat Glory's down at the weight. Some of the early round matches that I saw, Braxton Brown from Maryland versus Noah Certain from Missouri. That could be interesting. Brown yeah. had a pretty good uh, Big Ten tournament. 
And then Brown Brown actually really impressed me at the Big Ten. He he can scrap. He's a tough dude. Looking forward to him in this bracket. And Thursday night, Poulin and McKee, which I know McKee's record's crazy, but you just know that dude's gonna lay it on the line. Poulin's a For tough, sure. very tough guy on the come up and you know, famous in the in the New York circles, but that's a yep. Thursday night match that I can't wait for. Courtney's the 10th seed. Like, it's just like, there's so many National guys finalist, you know? Yep. Crazy. All right, 133, my favorite match that I saw so far. Thursday night match, Vito versus Mendez. Yep. That is going to be nice. You know, uh, with, with this one especially, uh, with this weight class, it's like... There's so much uh, – you, you have your top guys, your top five, six, seven seeds. I mean, they've all been there. They've all gotten on the podium, uh, and they're there. Lucas Bird's a two-time All-American. He's he's at the 10 seed. He's got wins over McGee this year in the All-Star Classic. I think there's, there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of fireworks to be had at this weight class. I was very uh, intrigued by – uh, North Carolina State's 133 pounder, uh, Orion, Kai, Kai Orion, yeah, yeah, that that finals match where he hit that mixer, uh, and then the celebration got on barstool, went viral, like all of that stuff. Uh, he he came out right away, and I think that that Friday night, uh, 12 seed, you got Dylan Ragason, who's uh, Illinois legend had a great big 10 tournament as well. Uh, you know, he's going to be game. That's a guy that's been there, uh, been in the stage before. So that one, as far as Thursday night goes, or that's Thursday, Thursday goes, night too. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That one. I think that one's going to be real big. Uh, Philly Pete, Mickey Philippi Teske first round. You have, uh, you know, I want to say like you go a month ago, two months ago, that's like a quarterfinal or a semifinal, you know, based right. on where they've been ranked. And now, and now you're drawing each other out the get-go. That happened a few times uh, in this bracket or, it, you know, this year. And I, I think that's going to be, uh, I think that's going to be just part of it. It's, it's swinging out of the gates. Yeah. And that, and McGee is, he is so tough. Like his style is so, um, so unique. And he gives Vito a lot. Well, I know he gave Vito trouble this year. I don't know if it's happened more than once, but um, that, I mean, he's just, you know, low ankle specialist, super quick. We could have, he's from Illinois, right? McGee. Yep. Uh, Plainfield South, I believe. Yep. So possibly we could have an all Illinois quarters with, if uh Raguson pulls through Raguson is, I mean, he's he's battle tested, man, and love the Izzy style guys. Yep, man, it's just this weight is crazy. I'm just popping onto the bottom half here. Well, even up up in that in that same quarterfinal, um, above McGee's uh, about 34 and about 33, you have Chris Gannon, Northwestern. Uh, you know, been a stud all season, and Dominic Zaccone from Campbell's also an Illinois guy, so. Oh wow! Uh, you, you might see, you know, you might see two or three rounds of Illinois versus Illinois uh, back to back there, which would be pretty exciting for the fans. Can we take a pause for the cause? Did you see that Illinois has the second most NCAA qualifiers of any state? That was that was a fun topic on Twitter today uh, that I definitely jumped in on. Man, uh, you know, it's like we, we've been up there, top three, top four for for quite some time, and then you know, seeing us at number two. Uh, looking at the state of, of where we're at right now, and I think the trajectory of where we're heading, it's it's an exciting time to be an Illinois fan, uh, Illinois you know wrestling fan, and uh, and I think it's just going to continue to improve. I I didn't have a chance to say it on Twitter, but one of my teammates was a Pennsylvania State champion when I was in college, Tony Delago, Pennsylvania State champion, all-time pins leader at U of I. And uh, he lives in Crystal Lake now. So I'm like, the, these these Penn State or these Pennsylvania high schoolers, they can keep moving to Illinois and, and finding clubs and different areas to coach around the state, helping our top game, helping our pinning, and, and we'll we just need, keep adding to it. Yeah, and just keeping everyone here. 
It's That's amazing right. to see the state of Illinois at number two, though. I mean, forever growing up, it was just assumed that PA is number one and they're always number one. But Ohio was always the number two. It was undisputed. Exactly. Always. Ohio, so New Jersey, California, Oklahoma, Iowa, you know, you, you start running through all, uh, you know, through the East Coast, New York, and uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, here here's Illinois. And this has been... 15, 20 years in the making, whatever it's been, where I think, you know, the state as a whole really got their act together and, and been winning Fargo titles and, and then as a, as a state, as a organization, really pulling in the same direction. Um, and you're seeing, you're seeing the results of that right now, for sure. I'm in a, a text group with some, some buddies of mine who are all big Ohio state fans. And they were like shocked to see Illinois at number two. I go, Bro, we won Fargo like 15 years in a row. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like for sure, for sure. You so know. that was, yeah. So that was exciting though. And so I before we go on to 141, Lucas Bird, University of Illinois. You know, one of our our top wrestlers. If you're a Fighting Illini fan, and I know you are, you bleed yep. orange and blue. Yeah. What What do you think about his season and where he's up, ending up in the bracket? He's one of those guys. Um, as an Illinois fan, uh, as somebody that watches him a lot, you could have he could have drawn Dayton Fix in the first round, and like I, I know he's going to be ready to battle uh, this this weekend, so or next weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, looking at at kind of the way that it breaks down, I see him getting to the quarterfinals. Uh, he's going to have to get some, you know, win over. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say his name, Kalako or Kaliako uh, from UPenn, who's you know, Penn's doing a great job right now. BJ Futrell's out there uh, coaching him up and, and going to have him ready for sure. But uh, Bird's a gamer. He got caught early. If you remember last year, uh, Matt Ramos hit him with that kind of step over uh, bundle position. But then he battled back through the backside so hard. Um, he, like I said, he's got he's got wins over guys seated in the top four. I believe that he's ready to just go out there and scrap. The bigger the moment, the better he's wrestled throughout his career. So uh, I see him getting to the quarterfinals. I think that's a you know about as tough of a draw as you can get um, having to go up against Fix. But at the end of the day, it's like uh, stylistically, he's going to present problems for Fix. I think he's got the strength to be able to hold him off. He's got a style to, to try and make it interesting. So we'll see what happens there. But if he falls down there, then it's just about coming back and winning the blood round and getting through to the podium. Exactly. And you're right, man. He is a guy that bigger the event, the more he loves it. I remember it must've been two years ago, but maybe it was last year. He's wrestling DeSanto. And in the middle of the match, he's, you know, he's pumping up the crowd and getting fired up. I'm like, you know, you're loving the moment and you're ready for those types of moments. Uh, when, when you can get in and, and be that locked in and, and, but still, you know, understand, like feed off that energy of the crowd and stuff. So I, I have a lot of respect for him and, and for anybody that can compete like that, that is at their best on their game when the, when the stakes are the highest, that's great stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like we've been focusing uh, so much on these earlier on matchups. I forgot about some of the finals and semis. I mean, think about that weight though. Fix one of the best we've seen in a long time. He's a not massive, but a pretty big underdog against RBY. Like a lot of people would be shocked if he beats RBY. I maybe Good. shocked isn't the right word, but I mean it's I mean at this stage in the game, you know. You almost have to be, right? Yeah. And which which makes for great uh entertainment value because at the same time, you know, you hear it all the time. It's like it's hard to beat somebody three times in a row. And if you're fixed, you know, I don't I I'm positive. There's no four-time second placers. Uh, he's been there. He lost to Seriano. He's lost twice in a row to RBY. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Uh, he's got a silver medal to his name. He's got, you know, a laundry list of gold medals at age group stuff and, and everything else. He can do it. You know he can do it. It's in Tulsa. He's a senior. This is home. Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to have to be a cowboy. Uh, he's going to have to cowboy up, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, at the same time, it's like RBY special. So 
But even even the round before that, you look at the semifinal, he's got Vito, and it's like, you want to talk about a guy that can spoil a party, and you, that's a tough matchup in a semifinal. I was telling my brother about that. I'm like, dude, Vito beat Fix at the Olympic trials in 21. Granted, it was at freestyle. Granted, it was yep. two weeks after Fix made 33 and was coming on to, to uh, 57. But yep. Vito, like, man, I love Vito, and he's so freaking good. Granted, he's a you know probably a better freestyle wrestler than he is folk style, yeah, but sure. he he could easily win this weight, and it wouldn't oh, surprise yeah. me. I mean, he is Correct. that that legit. I'm trying to see. Yeah, him. let him let him get on a roll this tournament and turn Ooh. everybody's bracket upside down. You know, bro, he shows up with the buzz cut. I I'm not going anywhere near. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. That's that's deadly. Yeah. All right, forty one. I don't know if Real Woods got chalked up as an Illinois qualifier in this tournament, but I'm claiming him. Izzy style guy. Correct. Yeah. Out of New Mexico. I don't know how Izzy found him. Brought him up to uh the land of Lincoln. He's the number one seed. Alirez at number two. Cole Matthews at number three. And then Hardy from Nebraska. That's your top four. This is a this is a weight that you know some say a little bit more wide open, but I really think those those top three guys, even maybe top two, probably top three are are the class of the field. The top two, in my opinion, really separated themselves this year. Uh, have just kind of run away from from the competition. Um, obviously, Real had had a really tough match uh, in the in the Big Ten finals. Super exciting. Um, but he's as tough as they come. He's a warrior. So, uh, you know, he's going to be battle tested and ready wearing that Hawkeye singlet, uh, at a tournament like this, like, you know, he's going to be ready to go. Alirez is kind of the, um, uh, representation of, of this up and coming, uh, Northern Colorado program. Uh, I didn't get it. We didn't get a chance, but, uh, Steve-O, the, the 25 pounder, uh, Tough son of a gun there. I remember him going viral back in the day with uh, his mohawk, you know, on his on those YouTube mm-hmm. videos or whatever. Uh, Troy Nickerson's doing an unbelievable job at, at Northern Colorado. So Alirez is the face of their program. You got to look, you know, he seems primed to to make a good run, but uh, he's never all American, right? Uh, maybe he did last year, but I know he's been like, you know, on the outside looking in and, you know, I want to say he made a junior world team like in high school or as a true freshman and has just been a little, you know, a, a step away on the folk style side. But if you look at his regular seasons, the last two years, he's been, he's been great. And now, you know, going into this year, I think he's, he's handled all comers and it looks like it's a collision course between him and Woods in the finals, which I'm hoping for. That's, that's what I'm putting my money in. That's going to be awesome. Another guy at this weight that I love, he's kind of had an up and down season, but man, he started out the gates on fire. Casey Swiderski. Oh yeah. I, I know you're connected to the high school scene. Did you see this kid ever when he was over in Michigan on, on so, the come up? So Ryan Prater, my brother-in-law, uh, you know, my, my counterpart, uh, co-head coaches at Marion central co-head coaches and co-owners of relentless. Uh, he found, Casey Swiderski probably three years ago. Uh, I think it was who's number one when he beat Mendez the first time. And he's, you know, we're always sending videos back and forth and, and talking wrestling. He's like, this is like one of my favorite guys to watch. And I, and I watched that who's number one match. I'm like, this kid's, this kid's got it. You know, he's tough. Uh, we went out to Detroit last year. We got to watch him wrestle Mendez again in that rudest super match. They had, they had a match there mm-hmm. and, We've been all in. We saw um, Andy Simmons uh, during the tournament, and, and he wrestled or he coaches Swiderski, and Prater got to talking to him, and, and Simmons is like, this is the most college-ready high schooler I've ever seen, you know? And when they pulled his red shirt and when he got going right away this year, every, t- every chance I got, you know, I got to see him wrestle Pacino in the duel uh, at Ames. I watched him wrestle real woods earlier in the year. I watched him wrestle uh, a couple other matches, you know, especially early on. 
and the fire, the competitiveness, the gable wrap, the blood, like he's just, he's just so fun to watch. I'm, I'm a huge fan of his. I would say the season hasn't gone uh, as the 24 seed. You got to say the season hasn't gone. 11 and 10. You know, but in that Moja Schwartz, I think has had a great year. He's a tough competitor, but uh, I'm not counting Swiderski out in any match. You know, he gave Real Woods a a match earlier in the season. Uh, That's a potential quarterfinal match. Obviously, he's got a, he's got a, take some heads off on, on the way there, but that's a guy that over the next four, you know, four NCAA tournaments, he's going to, I have a feeling he's got a lot of fireworks under his sleeve. I hope just as a fan of his, that it gets going right away about 45 on Thursday morning. Bro. And he's, he, uh, he's got that chip on his shoulder where he's not afraid to go up to anyone. And that's yeah. what I think everyone loves about him, but man, he, Brutal, brutal, brutal placement in the bracket. He's had a yep. you know a tough year, like you said. A shoulder injury, you can see the brace. It yep. also looks like he's cutting quite a bit of weight to get down to 41. Yep. So those two things combined can make for a miserable year. But he had a great big 12s, pulled out a fourth. But now he's got Moshe Schwartz, as you said, first round. Second round, he'll likely have Alan Hart, who thumped him in the, uh, in the dual meet. And then that goes into the quarter with real woods. It's like brutal, brutal. <laughs> yeah, path. I mean, but, um, but like you, man, I I'm just so glad he made it. And that's a guy I'm sure he loves a big stage going to run and everyone's going to get behind him because I think for sure. the way he wrestles appeals to a lot of people. So for sure. big fan of him, and uh, so glad he's in this bracket. Absolutely. All right. 49. Another guy from Iowa State who I love, Panero Johnson. He's got for yeah. clear in first match, which you know, he should win, but something to take note of. And then quarters with Caleb Henson <laughs> would be absolutely amazing. I'm I'm looking for Henson to to make a run for sure. I think that uh, you know this is a weight class uh, again. <laughs> Johnson as a uh, True freshman, I believe true freshman. Uh, the season that he's had, you know, beating Austin Gomez, losing an overtime to Yanni, uh, just battled, 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 you know, came out of the gates like ready to go. Uh, and then falling in at a, at a five seed. And uh, and then you, you look around this bracket and it's like, you're pretty darn good to get a five seed in this bracket because you got – Austin Gomez as a 15 seed, Jaden Avis as a 10 seed, uh, Yaya Thomas as a seven seed, Brock Mahler as a six seed. Like all these guys are all Americans and all American level and, and things like that. And they're dropping way below Shane Van Ness at the 13. Uh, this is, this is a stacked weight class. Uh, the Crazy. big one that the big one that jumped out to me is the Thursday night. Uh, Sammy Sasso, Austin Gomez potential down there in that bottom uh, second yeah. round. It's like that was the all-star classic this year, and that's happening on Thursday, you know? I know. I wish Gomez was at full strength. He's so freaking good and explosive when he is. I hope I hope he can put together his best run because, man. For sure. Amazing, amazing wrestler. And the way he goes at it is just so fun to watch. All right, so 141, Yanni's the one seed. But then the next couple uh, couple matches down, Jonathan Milner from App State, him and Mirren are going to meet Thursday night. Last year, Milner put the beat down on Mirren. Yep. So yep. it's like that. that's a tough one for Iowa. They have a couple tough draws. Yeah. In this uh, Kennedy, uh, my man Ethan Ball told me, Patrick Kennedy, the guy he has first round, beat him last year at the scuffle. So we'll get to 165, but freaking uh, – Tough, tough draws for Iowa. At 149, we talked about Panero Johnson, but yeah, that Milner Mirren match, that'll be a fun Thursday night. Van Ness, Henson, that's Thursday night. That's yep. freaking crazy. Yep. Parko's looking pretty good. Yeah, I think Parko's got, he's fun to watch. I think he's got a pretty, uh, 
comfortable run into that quarterfinal match where he'll probably have Mahler. Um, but, you know, Michael Blockus uh, from Minnesota had a, a great Big Ten tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, and, he, he, you know, he falls in at the 11 seed. He might be able to put some, you know, I guess put some pressure on Mahler in that Thursday night round, that second round, and and uh, have some fireworks going there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, the bottom half of this bracket's crazy. I saw that Bash tweeted out that Gomez has won the last three against Sasso, but yet yeah, he's the 15 seed. And, like, and so they're, yeah, I think they're having their fourth match or whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, that early one, one, uh, Illinois matchup of note. You got Yaya Thomas and Caleb Tyus, uh, about 71 in the first round. That's going to be, uh, Mount Carmel versus civic Memorial, uh, high school. So that, that one stuck out to me as well. So who's Mount Carmel? Yaya. Yaya. Okay. Yeah. Every bracket, bro. Tell me if there's any Illinois guys. Cause I, I don't know all of them like you do. So that's perfect. I'll, I'll shout them out. And it, it, as I get to 157, seeing AOC at number one undefeated makes me feel Love great. It. Yep. It, it hurts my heart a little bit, though, knowing that Gomez probably could have been one of the one or two seeds if he were yep. healthy. To put yep. two Landon Lincoln boys on the top of the podium would have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to... I mean, think about it. For a while there, it was. Tony Ramos was the last one, and there was a little bit Ramos of a stretch. And 14, Ramos and 14, and then O'Connor uh, was next. And what was that, 2020 or 21? Maybe 21. 19, because 20 was COVID. Okay. okay. So 19. And then 21 was uh, – oh, maybe it was 21, actually, because that was the no fans. Okay. 22, he was okay. banged up last year. I think it was – 21. I think it might have been 21. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, we're due, we're due for a couple champs. Hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm pulling for my guy Warner at 197, Zach Ronagle at 197. So yeah, uh, I'd love to see, you know, that way class, we'll get there, but that way class is Oof. who knows what's going to happen. That way class is crazy. All yeah. right. So we got AOC at the one. Will Luan, number nine seed. Ed Scott, eight seed. Bro, this this way too. Humphreys from Humphreys, Lehigh. Humphreys yeah. is an undefeated five seed, you know. Kendall Coleman, the 12 seed. Whew. I like a uh, couple matches that jump out that, that I think could be good. I like Ed Scott. Uh, that. Uh, I seen David Taylor one time refer to him as uh, headlock Ed Scott because he can go <laughs> up top and, and he can hit it. So uh, I like watching him. He's, he's always dangerous. Will Luan is a, a, just a man out there. He's, he's going to grind it out. You're going to see five matches that are all, you know, decided by a takedown or left, but uh, just like last year, kind of as he rolled through that, through the wrestlebacks and through that bracket, he's he's gonna get better as the tournament goes on. Josh Humphreys as the uh undefeated five seed, he'll have Kendall Coleman early. I think that's gonna be a really uh fun match. And then Jared Franick from North Dakota State's had an unbelievable year. North Dakota State in general, um a program that's big time on the rise. So that top half, there's there's uh definitely some there's some tough matchups there for Austin O'Connor. I tweeted this the other day too. I'm like, Austin O'Connor is Mr. Postseason. Five eight IKWF titles, four IHSA titles, <laughs> and you know, a third, a first, I can't remember if he was seventh or eighth last year. Uh, and and going to cap it off. It's like that guy's the winner in every sense of the word. I would love to see him and Haynes in the finals because I'm I'm excited about Haynes. I like that they pulled his red shirt. I like, you know, I like that match with Rob that he had. Uh, I'm a Jimmy Kennedy guy. So, you know, Jimmy, I know Jimmy's putting a lot of time in with Levi and uh, helping with that. And so, you know, that there's, there's some great wrestling there. Levi Haynes quarterfinal match though with Bryce Andonian oh my might God. be my favorite match, you know, potential matchup 
all th- all Friday morning, bro. That might be yeah. that match is going to be awesome. And yep. then I don't know a ton about this guy, but Corby's crazy about him. Daniel Cardenas from Stanford. Yep. He's the sixth seed. So him versus Levi, dude, just a just just those two are both young guys. So it's like Correct. Levi Haynes, man. It's like crazy that Penn State could put potentially six on top of the podium. Yep. And he's stepping right in. Which which would be the record. Uh and the and you can never say never uh, that it can't happen. Penn State, now I've never seen a program do as well in the championship matches. Like if you get to the finals and you're from Penn State, you have like an 80 or 90 percent, you know, likelihood of you winning based on, you know, how they've done historically. So, uh, you know, that you know, they're going to be ready to go for sure. Bro, you said Jimmy Candy's in there. That's one of those names that you hear that name in a bar, you'll you'll fight someone for Jimmy Candy. That's dude. right. That's right. <laughs> all right, one sixty-five. We've all talked about it. We've all seen it. We got two NCAA champs potentially going at it in the quarters. Yep. But not if Matthew Olgan has anything to say about it because he's beaten Shane twice this year. Yep. He's got we him got Thursday night. night. Pac-12 rematch. It's their third round. Uh, he's two and zero. You know he's. Griffith is a gamer. I mean, I I looked at that David Carr potential matchup in the quarterfinals, and I remember when he won it, he had Marinelli as the one seed. I think he was in an eight or a nine spot that year. Uh, Put Stanford on his back, bro. He he literally saved the program, you know? It's like that Undertaker meme that you see every once in a while where he just gets out of the – leans up out of the casket. That was Stanford wrestling on basically the strength of his Cinderella run. And then he follows it up with the finals appearance last year, you know? So uh, that's, that's an impressive dude. I think he's going to be ready to go. Uh, the the crazy thing about it is he might be in the consolation side on Thursday night, you know, or, or I guess Friday morning, but uh that's just how that's just how this all crumbled out this this season. That's a fun thing to do too. It's like, all right, look at loser of three sixty one. Where does loser of three sixty one go? It's like, all right, who's gonna be coming into that? Because when you have into a, that, yes, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, where is everything gonna be dropping now? Because you look at ninety seven to ninety eight. Alex Facundo is the thirteen seed. Julian Ramirez is the four seed. That would be a very interesting Thursday night match. Yep. I know Facundo hasn't really found his stride yet, but dude's dangerous and he could, he, yeah, he could get on a run. Competitive. Yep. And and then, you know, you, you get through that match and you got Quincy Monday, who's who's a returning finalist, you know. This weight class is and, you know, for Ramirez to be and and I think Ramirez I, I think I watched the the final takedown Monday versus Ramirez from the EIWA. The the, the level that they were scrambling at at that point. And I'm pretty sure he like, he kicked out, he went to kick out and he might as well have just like thrown a full on, like, you know, MMA kick, karate kick <laughs> at Quincy. Like that's how hard they were wrestling in that moment. And neither one of them really, you know, the, they didn't even blink, uh, but it changed, it changed that whole scramble. And I think he ended up turning it into his points or at least got away. And uh and and you know that's gonna be that's gonna be uh I believe a quarterfinal as well and that'll be a fun one again. Did you watch O'Toole Carr at the uh Big Twelves? Yes. Yeah. Dude, that first of all, that little fake that Carr's hitting to that outside single, like yeah. man, he had that he had that going in that match. And the <laughs> fact that he pinned him at the end, I just can't get over it. Like that. I have the highest respect for Keegan O'Toole and the fact that Carr was able to get him flat is just crazy to me. Like I cannot so, fathom it. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, uh, if you would have asked me about this weight class, I would have said nobody could take O'Toole down. He's going to be able to cradle guys. Uh, nobody's going to keep him off their legs. You know, he's, he's going to be able to outscramble X, Y, Z. David Carr has done that. Like, you know, 14 minutes, 15 minutes that they've wrestled, you know, two full matches. R has really just been a step ahead. It's, it's, you know, obviously that big 12 match was incredibly close and I'm, I'm anticipating 
it's going to be even closer uh, if that rematch happens on next Saturday night. But our, uh, not that I ever doubted, you know, because he's he's unbelievable. But I thought O'Toole was pulling away from the competition, and Card uh, said, "No, no, no, not too fast, dude." And it's it's just crazy to me that that last match at the Big Twelves, there was some controversy in that match. There was a couple, yep. you know, it did look like O'Toole maybe had a takedown, but then, you know, for the you know, that we heard that Carr maybe thought he only had one stalling call. So that last yeah, 30 seconds, yeah. he gets stinged. It sends it to overtime. So, yeah. but the thing that's cut and dry though, is the two times Carr scored was just two masterfully executed single legs that he hit finished. No questions asked. Um, bro, we gotta, we gotta talk about our, the great Dean Hamidi, Joliet Catholic yeah. alum. Yeah. Tough, tough Thursday night match. If Peyton Hall comes through now, Dan Broadnagle, Hopefully, that's something. Yeah, to say we're, about that, we're, but... we're we're pulling for Broad Nagel on that we're pulling one. Pulling for Broad Nagel because Hall is Hall, no joke, bro. Hall is tough. Uh, you know, I believe he's given O'Toole a loss before. I believe, you know, I, he gave him a close match. I thought. I don't know if he's if Hamidi and him have wrestled, but he's game every time out. You know, he's he's uh he's been around i want to say he's a senior but he's he's definitely been around a few years and uh he's been at this stage before hamidi uh i i gotta say i'm i'm a i'm a like the big 10 wrestler i like the minnesota iowa style where they're like and really the braun eagle style which is like get in there and bang and get inside and pull on that head and fight hamidi wrestles so well from over the top fake and move and jiving and he's a step ahead of these guys you start scrambling with them you start really trying to mix it up he's just going to set some traps on you and uh and and you're going to pay a price he's he's unbelievable i i feel he, good about when he was in high school was he just killing people or did he kind of come on the scene later yeah you know uh he he was killing people he 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 was a little bit more of a late bloomer i would say I don't know how his early high school years uh, went, but I watched him actually wrestle Mikey Caliendo uh, down there on the seventh seed at the the first annual Illinois Mat Men um, Test of the Best. And they wrestled each other. I was always a fan of Caliendo because I had some Batavia teammates from, uh, from college. I always followed their program. And I knew he was an Izzy style kid. I knew he was tough. And for the first two minutes of that match it was like it was a barn burner it was tough he was fighting and Hamidi just picked away picked away picked away it was getting to ankles you know and just just a little bit too much for him pulled away in that match uh maybe even won by major and now you're looking at it and like these are two all-american caliber guys and Hamidi's able to put up points like that you know it's it's pretty impressive and I just love that everyone such a fan of how he wrestles too. Like you see it on Twitter all the time. I even saw Adam Terrapelli is just like raving about how Hamidi wrestles. So yeah, he, yeah. Uh, man, he's a lot of fun. I have a, a little fun fact uh, down here in about 104. Connor Brady, the number 23 seed from Virginia Tech, Carson Karchla from Ohio State, high school teammates. First round of the NCAA tournament. That's wild. Ethan, that's Ball a fun. Ethan Ball said that as well. That is freaking crazy. Like, yeah, it's out in Ohio, like high school, like Ohio high school. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know where they went. I'm assuming I would if if I heard it, but I just I saw that tweeted and I made a note of it because, you know, I, it, for me it's like, uh, do you imagine? That's a tough that's a tough spot to be in. But as far as like memories and things like that, it's like uh, for the community, for the people around. That's that's a pretty unique uh, thing to be wrestling at that stage when they probably were wrestling in the, in the youth program, you know, on, on Tuesday nights from five to seven that, you know, 10 years ago, and now they're wrestling on the biggest stage there is in the sport. So uh, just a, just a cool little tidbit. Yeah. It reminds me, did Kennedy and Dan Dennis, they, they had to be going at it a couple of times, right? Or were they yep. separated? No. Cause they both went to grant. Yeah, they were a year apart. So Dan uh Dennis was a year older. And then uh 
at the NCAA tournaments, I want to say in 09, uh, I believe, was when Kennedy lost first round uh, in oh, the prelim. Yeah. And he won like six or seven matches. He, I believe he beat Fanthorpe and Dennis back-to-back matches coming back. But all three of them were all Americans. So that was like, you know, the match Jeez. after the blood round and then the Conti semis, you know. That was the run he went on there, and and I can't remember what his score was with Dennis, but I think he I think he handled both of them, and you know Fanthorpe beat him his freshman year in, in high school in the finals, and then Dennis. Uh, there was, I think, a friendly rivalry there, just because Jimmy was the golden boy, as far as I'm concerned, of Illinois wrestling in general, but definitely uh, our area up here. But Daniel was just the toughest son of a gun you ever, you ever oh, seen. He was, so man. That's like, that's like a dream matchup for sure. Right there. Yeah. All right. At 174 of note, the great Carter Sirachi. Yeah. Siraki might have Denell Washington Thursday night. Now I know. Giving him, him a lot before. Yeah. And really, okay, so, so that duel, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the duel meet this I year. I did. Yeah, I watched that one. It was competitive. You know, it was it was tough. And then Washington, I think anybody who's ever felt that uh, knows, like, when the wheels fall off and there's just oh. nothing you can do. Lug nuts were hitting cars, bro. Thanks for Yeah, it's, it's about as I – don't, I, I want to choose my words uh, respectfully there, but it's like – if you've been in that situation, you know, you've, you're relatively helpless. And it's just like, you know, Starachi, mm-hmm. he, he, he was talking before the match and I think Washington came to compete, but then when, when he hit that wall and there was no stopping it, Starachi really, you know, put that point home. And I think that says a lot about who Starachi is like the competitiveness and just the fire and the drive inside of him. But this isn't a dual meet, you know, this is 15,000 fans screaming. I think Washington is going to be able to feed off that energy a little bit more. I think he's going to be prepared and I think he's going to be able to give it seven minutes. I don't think the result's going to change. I, I do think Sirachi is going to get it done, but that's going to be a fun one for sure. Dude, Sirachi, what I love about him is a lot of the Penn State guys, they're, they're well-behaved gentlemen, right? They're, yeah. they're super yeah. religious. They're, you know, they're just on their game. Gratitude. 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 And, you know, yeah. yeah. Which just, I love. I'm all for it. Sirachi but... talks some shit. <laughs> Correct. He, he does. I remember he when does. he called out, he's like, I'm coming. I think this might have been last year, two years ago. He's like, I'm trying to be the world champ. And at the time, David yep. Taylor's the world champ. And he's going, you know, he's in the same room with them. And like Donnell Washington, I would not be calling out or getting Carter upset in any way. Because yeah, this you don't dude. Want to give him that locker room material. No. No, I mean, <laughs> this dude is—he's—he's he's a bad man, and he—he's yep. got that a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which which I've For always sure. appreciated. For sure, uh, you know, and he's had he's had a couple matches this season, I would say, where Starachi, where he's one on riding time. It's been close. I mean, he. He wrestles in a way he gives up no points ever. You know the the amount of times he can just dominate for for seven minutes. He doesn't have to score a, a million points, but um, you know that's a little bit caught, uh, maybe some concern in in that situation because if if you're wrestling close here, it doesn't take much. You freaking you know you blink for a second, somebody's in on your legs, and and crazy stuff happens at this tournament. So. Uh, I feel like there he really be, stepped it up though at the Big Tens. Like I, I think you... I think it was uh it was the best. Well, like that Labriola match, especially that was that was when I watched. I mean, he wrestled hard and he was getting to his attacks. And uh I, I hope to see a performance like that again uh this weekend where he can just go out there and and really uh put some points on the board and, and showcase his skills because he's a special dude. Special, super, super special. All right, before we go to 184, I just got to see, is this the weight where it's not? Okay. My, uh... of course, now the name's escaping me. North Dakota State went to Moline. 
Um, okay, DJ Parker. Okay. His mom works with my mom. And so I've been oh, getting okay, the, nice. the inside scoop on DJ for yeah. like, I think I think my mom's been telling me about him since like IKWF days or something. I'm like, now I'm seeing his name in there. I'm like, dude, this kid's coming on. Like, he's having a good year. He's great. He's he's tough as nails. What weight is he at? Here he's he is. 84. Yeah, he's 84. 84. Okay, okay. Here he is. It's DeAnthony in the in the bracket. Okay. So 184. We already hit on it. Aaron Brooks, arguably the best wrestler in college wrestling. I got to be careful because you got Spencer, you got Yanni, you got all yeah. these great guys. But I mean, Aaron Brooks is as good as it comes. He's the three seed. Trent Headley, one of my favorites, the two seed. So Brooks's path to the, you know, it's really not that shocking though. He's going to, he's probably going to wrestle Romero in the quarters. Yep. And then Headley in the semis. And that'll be, that'll be a shootout. That'll yep. be an am- amazing match. Kay Kaizen, I love how he wrestles. Just unbelievable pace. Just a freak. You probably love how he wrestles. Yeah, he's. I love Northern Iowa. Uh, He comes from. You you got the Aspen Wrestling Academy. uh, And when he's coming up, and now he's at Northern Iowa, it's like if you were if you were trying to make the perfect wrestler, you'd probably sprinkle a little bit of each of those into the pot, uh, into the recipe. So he's got that that toughness, that pace. You know everything about it. He's he's one of my favorites. He's been one of my favorites for the last couple of years to watch. I, I think he's great. Yeah. I think uh, when you look at, you got Assad, he's got potentially Coleman Thursday night. And then Dylan Connell. Yep. Whitlake in the first round. And then he would go into most likely Bowling from Virginia Tech. So, I mean, just Dylan another. Con- Dylan Connell, the pride of Marion Central. Let's go. Let's go. Uh. He's got he's got Whitlake first round, which is uh, no no small task. And then if he wins that, he gets Hunter Bolin, who's uh, you know perennially been up there. I believe Bolin even has wins over uh, Trent Hidley, so that's a that's a tough guy as well. But Connell's a freshman, uh, already finding success. There's. There's quite a few. You got uh, Illinois boys. You got Connell. You have Reese Heller. You have uh, Parker. And you have Assad all in this weight class. And I don't, I don't think seed-wise, I don't think, you know, there was too many favors done. I think the highest one is Assad at 12. But I would love to see one of those guys get on the podium at this weight. I know. It's going to be... Another one where Iowa has a tough draw because Assad will likely have Coleman in the Thursday night. Yeah. That's a tough one. Um, you got Trey Munoz from Oregon State. Solid. That would be the that would be the quarter for quarter. Assad. Which yeah. to be fair, I mean, I know Munoz is tough. He's he's had a great year. His dad obviously is a, a legend in the sport. But if you're if you're looking at the University of Iowa historically, watching guys get hot, uh, you know, make some make some big uh, noise at this tournament, you got to feel good. I mean, Coleman is is a great wrestler, but you got to feel good about the Iowa Iowa State rivalry, yep. and then and then you get you know as far as the th- top four seeds go, your best bet is to try and get Munoz. You know, he's he's I think the most human uh of those top four so uh he, you might find yourself Ava Saad versus Parker Kakaizen in the semifinals that I think the Hawkeye faithful will be happy Illinois faithful will be happy there and uh and and I think that's I think that's realistic uh possibility no absolutely it, it, like you said like would you rather be wrestling Aaron Brooks Trent Henley <laughs> Parker Kakaizen it's like you know they're all so freaking good as yep. is Munoz. I mean, he's 24 and one. So it's like, man, that's, it's just, again, every, uh, every round. And at 197, this is this one, <laughs> this yeah. first, these first round matchups, Max Dean returning national champ gets the nine seed. Yeah. If he wins, he likely has Silas Allred, who beat him in the Big Ten final. Just beat him. Yeah. And was, I love the Dean family, but, all red was all over his legs in that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, but I still, I do still think Max Dean, he, I, like if Vegas was doing a line on this, he maybe isn't the favorite, but he's really high up to win this. Maybe not as the nine seed now, but I just think he's like, this weight is so close. Previous results matter, but I just think here, Dean's been here before. He's got the greatest coaches, you know, potentially ever in his corner. Best workout partners. It's like, I think he's going to, he's going to come through. The nine is very tough, but I mean, she's going to, yeah, like we said, solid. All red Thursday night. This, if you're a number one seed, you know, Nino Bonacorsi, what a, (laughs) what a draw you get. You know, uh, junior world champion in Greco, bronze medalist in freestyle, Braxton Amos. Uh, you get you get the pigtail, and then Thursday night you get Amos, likely. Although uh, Pence from North Dakota State's seated one slot higher. Then you win that, you get the returning champ. Then you know it, it's hard to look ahead, but you get there. You got somebody else uh, coming through. There's there's no easy path in this weight class. Uh, you know, without a doubt, but that's that's pretty insane to me. Bro, defending finalist or returning finalist, Jacob Warner, 14 seed. He has Cam Caffey first round, who's the 19 seed. Two Illinois boys. Uh, tough matchup for Warner, I would yeah. say. You know, I, I think every year I say this, but it's like, man, is this the year that, like, Iowa doesn't just perform? Because they're – you know, that program is so legendary. They always perform. Guys always show up. But you're looking at some of these draws and you're like, you can see you can see it go in a completely different direction. I thought this year they were like a clear-cut number two uh, all season long. And uh, I, don't, I don't think they have the firepower to, to dethrone uh, Penn State. But, but you know, they – they had no a competitive Big Tens, and and I, I thought they had a good showing at Big Tens. But I'm looking at some of their draws through these brackets, and some of the seeds that they got I think were unfavorable. Some of the draws that they got were unfavorable. And and case in point is Jacob Warner, who's as tough as they come. But Cam, Cam Caffey has – he's got wins over everybody. I think he might even have a win over Warner at some, some point. I can't remember. I but was, he's got that style that it's like if it's a if it's a one score match late in the third period, that dude's gonna be dangerous, you know, bottom line. So uh that'll be period. a fun one right out of the gate. And I'm I'm almost of the camp. I don't know if I was got second locked up. Like that's gonna be fun to see what happens for second. You know, I well, just that, don't see any way Penn State doesn't run away with this thing. When I say uh I thought they were clear cut second. What I what I think, uh, and this is crazy, but what I think is on the table is Iowa doesn't get a trophy this year, uh, which wow. is which is a big statement, you know, wow. without a doubt. But if if some of these, you know, when you look at Murin, when you look at Warner, when you look at Assad, when you look at uh, Seabrick, when you look at a couple of these other Bro, guys, Cassiopeia has Schultz in the quarters potentially. I'm going to jump ahead to to heavyweight. I mean, heavyweight is an unbelievable weight class right now. We're very lucky to see all of these freaking hammers uh, competing at this level. And, you know, Colton Schultz was uh, NCAA finalist last year. And, you know, Cassiope, you get the four seed. You've had, you've had a phenomenal year and that you get the, you get the finalist in the, in the quarters, the quarters. You know, that just again kind of goes to show you. So I know. Uh, so you're thinking Iowa think... may not be on the, you know, they're obviously it wouldn't surprise you if they were, but you're saying there's a chance they may not be there. Well, you know, I look at I look at Spencer Lee, and I think he's healthy enough. I, I I'm not going to say that he's a human being, so anything can happen, but. I, I don't think Laurie's got it. I think Spencer Lee's going to do it. I'm pulling for him to do it. I think he's uh, just so fun to watch his top game, everything about him, uh, his heart, his competitiveness. I'm pulling for him. Uh, so I think he's the leader, and I think he's the spark spark plug that they they need. I think Real Woods has to have, you know, a final, 
you know, a finalist type tournament or top three. Uh, and I'm pulling for him to win it. But then you go into this run of like, you know, these guys that have been ranked in the top 10 all year, top eight, whatever. But I could, I, and I'm looking at their draws and I can just see one guy falling off here into the constellations, one guy falling off here into the constellations. And when you're on the backside of that bracket, like anything could happen again, historically, Iowa has always done well on the top side and the bottom side. Um, but if you, if you lose a couple of those guys, uh, and you lose some of those points, Nebraska had five, would they have five in the finals in the big tens? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornell's got their heavy hitters, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma state, uh, maybe Oklahoma state's not quite there. Um, but if fix wins, maybe, maybe there is something there. Uh, like you said, Cornell could do something, bro. They have some high ranked guys. They have some high ranked guys and they're actually pretty deep, you know, which they've been for, for quite some time, but, uh, you have, you have your veto, uh, Yanni, um, Boca, Julian Ramirez. Boca, yeah. Julian Ramirez. It's like, these guys are kind of on their way up, but Mm -hmm. I think they fill that lineup in very nicely for Cornell where you can score a lot of points there. So, um, I'm not calling for Iowa not to get a trophy, but I I could see this, and I don't know when the last time they didn't get a trophy was, but I could see this being one of those years where uh, because of the draws, because of the seeds, things could get a little little uh, hairy. Yeah. Well, it's you look at 165 where Patrick Kennedy having a great year, but his, I'm thinking of, you know, for Iowa, you got Lee, you got, obviously um real woods real woods you got cassiope those guys you're feeling good about but you yeah. gotta have a a patrick kennedy come through and i can't remember if i said this to you earlier or someone else but i heard that he uh kennedy's first round opponent will fermato he lost to him at the scuffle last year and then in the yeah. second round he'll have potentially a mean cam a mean yep which that that could go either way and then after that he's got hamidi potentially yeah. i mean it's like good lord almighty i mean just a uh it's it's gonna be a tough thing for anyone but then then i think about it though and i think man nebraska had such a good tournament but i was still smoked him for a second now i know it all gets spread out as as the bigger brackets it gets get, but... it gets spread out in in these tournaments i, I was looking we uh in one of my Illinois wrestling uh alumni like group chats that we have, we were we were going back and forth this week and I uh I had to do a little research. I had to go into the record books of uh on the Illinois wrestling website and I was scrolling through and I just happened to see highest um points that we had scored that Illinois had scored. And in two thousand one, I believe that was when Lockhart and Tirapelli won it. Or maybe that was Carl Perry. I can't remember what it was, but I believe they had uh, a champ or two in the finals, a third, and then another All-American. I think they had four or five All-Americans. They scored 89 points. 89 points. And I believe Johnson, let's just say Mark Johnson was the head coach for 20 years. 89 points would have been good enough for second place, like 12 out of 20 of those years. They took fifth. They didn't even they didn't even get a trophy that year with that team because uh because whatever the the other teams I think that was Minnesota's 10 All-Americans year. Uh Iowa obviously was was as strong as ever at that point. So um that's one of those things it's like Nebraska had those five, they went five for five in the semis, they got five to the finals. And they still lost by, you know, uh, a legitimate margin to Iowa at that point. But they put five in the semis again, you know, and Iowa doesn't get some of those guys through those draws. That that flips it upside down a little bit. So there's there's a lot that's going to happen. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, man. I'm so glad we got to come on here and record and get our initial reactions. This is the first year I've ever done this where – record a podcast at night right after the brackets <laughs> came out. So I'm glad you were able to hop on, man. It was, I know it was last notice or 
late notice and bro i just can't wait to see you at uh nationals next week my brother and i will be sitting in the illinois section so let's uh, go be excited man any last words before we sign off coach no uh i do want to say thank you for having me on it's it's a pleasure to uh talk college wrestling and and especially i feel like a kid on on christmas eve or christmas day right now just giddy looking at all these matchups trying to see how it all plays out um having gone through the tournament as a competitor and, and wrestled through this now being um you know 10 years removed i just have so much appreciation for this tournament and what these competitors are going through leading up to it uh you want to talk about like an exciting time. These guys, as they're locking in over this next week, uh, gearing up, getting ready to travel, getting ready to get there, the sights, the smells, pulling into Tulsa or flying into Tulsa. Um, the buildup over the next week, I think is going to be incredible. Uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to have a part in it by talking through it on this podcast. And uh like you said, I'm really looking forward to Tulsa. There's going to be a good crew of uh, relentless wrestlers down there. The Illini faithful will be down there. Uh, as we talked about, the state of Illinois is going to be very well represented uh, at this tournament. So Come on, baby. It, it's going to be a great weekend, man. I, I can't wait. Can't wait. Well, folks, we will, uh, we'll be live with another episode later this week. But in the meantime, we're signing off. Jordan Blanton, the people's champ. It's been a pleasure, my man. Have a good evening. Thanks, Warner. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life with Jordan Blanton. If you want to support this podcast, please support our sponsors. Quant Wrestling, Q-U-A-N-T. Beat the Street Chicago. Go to btschicago.org slash donate. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review or a rating. We'll see you later this week with a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!